0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Praise On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, and the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him, and the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, Give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place, so that when the host comes to you, he may say, My friend move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, When you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors, in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. I got to be in uh, Rome while I was in seminary, and I was at St. Peter's Basilica, and they have these beautiful mosaics that are gigantic and beautiful. And in front of uh, one of them, there was this priest with his kind of uh, tour group, probably from back home, and he was explaining about St. Michael and the humility that he had. And the way that pride, you know, that Satan fell because of pride, and so he gave this beautiful exposition about what humility was, the importance of the virtue, uh, but also how difficult it it is to achieve. And then he finished it up with, maybe someday if you work really hard, you can be as humble as me, but I don't expect it right away. (laughs) Don't expect it to come easy. And I'm not exactly sure if he meant it as a joke or not, but... You hoped that he he was just joking. You know, it's like, oh, I'm the humblest person that I know, right? Well, you, you kind of miss the point, right? In the midst of it, you know, right? Humility isn't about self-promotion. But it's interesting because, you know, like a lot of the virtues, like a lot of the things within Christianity, I, I think that there's a complexity to it that we don't always realize. I, I see it in... Um, our culture at different times that actually has a misapplication of what humility is because they overly simplify it. And to just be honest, humility is complex and it's difficult and it's hard. One of the things is it's not self-promotion, but at the same exact time, it's not self-abasement of just saying that you're a worm and you're no good and you have no talents and you're just worthless. We also see humility at times actually being self-promotion. We see it most especially with uh, Mary, and one of the prime examples being that after she had conceived of the Holy Spirit, conceived Jesus, uh, and she went to go visit Elizabeth and help out Elizabeth, she gives this beautiful, magnificent, this hymn of praise. And one of the lines in it is she says, all generations will call me blessed. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty prideful. (laughs) You know, and so you kind of say, well... Well, was Mary perfectly humble? You know, what, what's happening there? Well, humility is more complex. So how do we come to understand what humility really is? Well, one of, the re- one of the ways is by observing Jesus. It says in the Gospel that as Jesus went to dine at the Pharisees, the people there were observing Him carefully. Okay? And I think for ourselves, we also need to observe Jesus carefully, right? Not just in broad strokes, not just in generalities, but we need to observe Him carefully to see what He really does, what He says. And in that, one of the ways that we do that is by looking at Scripture, right? Seeing those things that He said, what He did, and also By looking at the world around us, we see that God still works, and so we observe that carefully. Well, what are some things that we can observe about Jesus' humility? I'd like to go through just kind of some basics that we should just know as basic levels. Now, one of the other kind of distinctions that we'll make is, is humility and humiliation. Now, humility and humiliation often go together in a lot of ways. If you pray for humility, I always like to joke that that's one of the prayers that God is always grateful to answer. And normally he'll do it by humiliating you in some way. So just be careful if you pray for humility because humiliation sometimes comes. Uh, But they're not exactly the same, right? Humility isn't just being humiliated all the time. But we see within humiliation sometimes about how humble we really are about how we deal with those humiliations in that. And we see that especially with Jesus, the way that He deals with different humiliations, different different belittling of Him that happens. One of the prime examples, of course, is His very start of us coming to know Him, is that the second person of the Trinity, God Himself, who has no need of us, God has no need of us, He's perfectly uh, content in a certain sense because there are three persons in the Trinity. And, and he, you know, He is a creator. And so He has no need of us. But yet, the second person of the Trinity, out of love for us, out of a desire, out of His generosity and desiring us to be part of that communion of the, of the Trinity, actually took on flesh, Right? And before, he's immutable, so he's not able to be hurt, right? He doesn't have to suffer in any way. He doesn't have to deal with the dirtiness of this world in the way that we have to deal with it. But instead, instead of just avoiding that, in his humility, he humbles himself and actually took on flesh, being born of a young woman. Now, he could have chosen to be born of a rich young woman, Right? Uh, maybe somewhere where there were palaces and other things of that comfort. But instead he chooses to be born to a poor woman. And a woman who he knows is going to have to go for a census and there will be no room in the inn. right? And he'll have to be born in a stable, in a manger. That's a great amount of humility. right? Willing to lower himself to the deepest, lowest, to the lowest spot, um, and be there. But it doesn't just, after that, then he ascends to the highest place, right? Then he lives as a carpenter. He's actually obedient to human beings. He's obedient to Mary and Joseph. That humility of obedience. Then, in his ministry, he associates with the Pharisees, the leading people of the day, which we hear today, But also the lowest, right? The tax collectors, the sinners, the adulterers, the the, uh, lepers, and others who are cast out. He, He associates with them as well. And in that draws them to his love and to God the Father. Now, of course, the humility that he finalizes his life with is the humility of his death. His death where he could have chosen to live a long life and teach us about God the Father, but instead he wanted to show his love. And he freely laid his life down. He was um, betrayed by one of his best friends, right? One of the twelve, he was betrayed. And he was unjustly accused, and yet he kept his mouth shut. He allowed himself to be beaten, to be scourged, and to carry His cross, and to suffer and die in the most humiliating way possible. And suffer. Why? Because of His humility and His desire for us to know His love for us, and how humble, how, how much He's willing to go to show His love for us. That's that humility, that vulnerability that he shows as we observe him carefully of what he's willing to do. Now, he continues that humility today, especially by desiring us to still, still encounter him. In what way? Well, in the church in a certain way, and most especially in the church in the Eucharist, that we celebrate at every Mass. That Jesus once again comes to us, not in the form of a baby, but in some ways even more vulnerable, even more humble. That we would take ordinary bread and wine and through the words of the priest and the invocation of the Holy Spirit, that by the Holy Spirit, that this bread and wine would become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ is truly present here in the Eucharist. In that that vulnerability, we can drop Him, right? We can drop the Eucharist. We can receive Him without reverence. We can receive Him without taking the proper preparation of our heart to receive Him. We can receive Him without really wanting to receive Him. But yet, He still comes, even though that He knows that He might be desecrated at certain times. Even though that He knows that we don't always receive Him with all the fanfare and glory that we should. He still comes because He desires for us to encounter. And He loves us so much that He humbles Himself to have a chance at us being with Him. But it doesn't happen by him forcing it, right? He doesn't force it upon us. Um, And he opens himself to it. So how do we respond? Well, we should respond with humility as well. One of my favorite times in the Mass is at the end of the Eucharistic prayer when we're about ready to receive him in the church, in our wisdom and in the prayers desires us to encounter and remind ourselves what's happening. Maybe we need to be awoken, awoken a little bit. And the priest says, Behold the Lamb of God, right? And we're all to to be behold Him because we're reminding ourselves, Jesus is truly present here. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold Him who takes away the sins of the world, right? This is the same person who died on the cross for our sins. Behold Him. And then what's our response? Well, our response is humility, honesty. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. We should be able to honestly say that. We did that at the beginning. At the beginning of Mass, we take a moment to acknowledge our sins. And that takes a certain amount of humility, right? We want to say, well, I haven't sinned, right? I'm good. But no, I have sinned. Lord, have mercy, right? I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Rightfully so. By ourselves, we are not worthy. But... Only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Jesus, You say the word. You save me. You give me Your grace. And I shall be healed. And You make me worthy. You make me dignified. You give me my worth. And it's in that, that we have true humility. Recognizing that everything that we have is gift. That God, and it's only what where do we recognize that people don't have humility right pride people who are really arrogant are often really insecure right and people who are really small and maybe you know don't uh don't know their own talents are often insecure right and so how do we get rid of that insecurity of fear and anxiety well we do it by acknowledging reality that yeah everything that i have is gift but with Jesus Christ, I know that Jesus sees me, and that He knows me, and that He still loves me. Right? That's where we should be content. Not content in our own things that we have, but being content in Jesus Christ. And knowing that He sees me and loves me, but that doesn't mean that I always get everything that I want. It doesn't mean that I get every single toy. It doesn't mean that i always be comfortable in this world. But it does mean that I'm loved. That even though that I don't always feel the love of those around me, or my spouse, or my children, that I'm still loved. And I have that contentment of knowing that Jesus Christ loves me to such a degree He's willing to humble Himself and to die on the cross for me. And it's in that, that we have humility. That's where true humility comes. Now, where do we practice this, right? Like I was saying earlier, this is a difficult virtue to have. It's not just, oh, we recognize it and then we just start living it and it's super easy, right? Oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, okay. No, it's difficult like all virtues that it takes growth. It takes time that we are people in this world uh, that, that need to grow just as we grow taller and perhaps wider. We also grow in the healing. We grow in virtue. And so... How do we do this? Well, there's many different ways to grow in humility. One of them is you can pray for it. And, and like I said, God might give you some humiliations to recognize your need to grow even more, right? One of the other ways, one of the other simple ways to grow in the, in the virtue of humility, one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest gifts that I think that the church gives and that Jesus Christ gives is the gift of confession, the gift of the sacrament of reconciliation. And many people take advantage of it Uh, But it's a great uh, gift of being able to go to confession uh, and to be able to renounce your pride, right? What's the thing that keeps you from confession? Most of the time it's our pride, it's our fear, right? And so being able to go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation and confess to a priest, right? Not, I, I am always humbled. I'm always humbled when I hear confessions because by myself i i have no right to receive right by myself by you know just i'm not worthy to hear these things to be able to receive them on behalf of jesus christ to be able to give absolution i can't do that but it's my humility that allows me to be able to do that right oh look i'm so humble uh no uh it's because i have confidence in jesus christ the in confidence in the fact that the, pre, that the bishop laid his hands on me and that Jesus Christ instituted the sacrament of reconciliation, instituted the priesthood, and it's because of that that I stand in the person of Christ, hear the confessions, and am able to give the love of Jesus Christ and to be able to give absolution. You want to grow in the gift of humility? Acknowledge your need for Jesus Christ. And that's especially in the sacrament of reconciliation. And I've got to say that... Uh, You know, some people come in with a lot of fear, right? A lot of anxiety, being able to say like, well, Father, you know, saying this, you're not going to be able to look at me the same way, or you're not going to be able to respect me, you know, because you hear this, what I've done. No, actually, I'm going to respect you even more. I'm going to have even more respect for you because you're willing to come here in your humility and to renounce your sin and to be acknowledged that, Yeah, I messed up, but I trust in Jesus Christ and His mercy, and I want Jesus, right? And in that, that's what I see in every single sacrament of reconciliation. Not the sin of the person, but the humility and the desire for Jesus Christ. And so if you want to grow in that, I invite you to the sacrament of reconciliation and invite you to observe Jesus carefully. Don't have a false humility of like, oh, well, everything that I do isn't good enough. God has given you talents. And use those talents that He's given you. But also don't be prideful. Please invite other people to participate in the talents and the things that you've been given. Place our trust in Jesus Christ, in His humility, in His great gift that He's given us. Not relying on our dignity and worth separated from God, but on that dignity and worth that Jesus Christ gave us. That He knows us, loves us, and continues to seek us in His humility. May we also respond in that humility to, to desire Him and encounter Him and to encounter those around us.